This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. What can happen? What can happen in our lives? And how can God help us to kind of get there? And today as we, as we close this series... It's been really, a really fun series to, to kind of take part in. And it's, it's just interesting to watch, you know, over the eight years of New Church Live, how, how any churches in this church's DNA evolves. Like the things that were true remain true, and in some way they become even more true. And one more place to the table, I think, so captures it. Now, we've been looking at it in three ways. One more place to the table, the invitation away from purity boundaries to table fellowship. So in other words, don't worry about guarding against the barbarians. (laughs) You are a barbarian. It's about how do we sort of collect in the middle, in table fellowship, those beautiful, wonderful connections. That's where God, that's where Christ asks us to discover him, is in those connections, breaking of bread, drinking of wine, and in those basic parts Then we looked at last week, the conversation. Please say those two words with me. The conversation means to honor everyone. everyone. Were those college kids great last week? Oh, my goodness. They were phenomenal. And then watching their singing in the congregation, we looked at Martin Luther King Day and and what does that mean? And And a group of people went down, they served down at Rock to the Future. Watching the way all those kind of things work together and how we learn to honor everyone through that. And today, what we're going to be doing, and please say it loud, we're going to be doing the meal. We're going to be looking at the meal. So how is it that we pull this, pull this all together? Now, we, we, when we think about communion, or we think about, some people call it Eucharist, uh, some people call it the Holy Supper, I think back to, you know, to my own experience with it. My own experience was, you know, I remember going to church as a little boy with a tie and a jacket, and... When I saw the Holy Supper up there, it meant one thing. Church is running long. And I can remember my head hitting the back of the pew like, oh, my goodness. All of you who've done that, please raise your hand. Yes. And then what happened is then I became a pastor. For those of you who don't know, I have not always been a pastor. In a previous life, I was a teacher. And, and so, like, a lot of this stuff was new to me, and then you start looking at it, and I, I started opening up, you know, these old books, and, and this is a book of New Church Liturgy. This is a book, this, these were the rhythms, the beautiful rhythms of my childhood are in this book, sort of like the Anglican Common Book of Prayer, beautiful rhythms of childhood, as well as some insights I'd never thought of before. So I can remember the first time, you know, reading through, okay, how do I do Holy Supper here? And then there was this C word that kept on being used, and it was not the word Chuck. It was the word celebrant. The word celebrant. When we do this, take part in this, we are celebrants, which means, complete the answer here, which means that we are to celebrate. Let's say that in celebratory language. We are to celebrate. We're to celebrate. This is supposed to be great stuff. This is supposed to be something we celebrate. Eucharist. Eucharisto means to give thanks. We're supposed to celebrate. We're supposed to give thanks. That what is what this is all about. That's beautiful. 
it goes back, it goes back to this ancient, ancient tradition. This comes shortly before Easter. I'm going to read the words as I'm looking up here. When the hour came, and this is shortly before Jesus is crucified at Easter. If you don't know what that is, come back at Easter. When Jesus came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I've eagerly desired, and I love that, eagerly. It's like it's, it's this thing I've really wanted to do. I've really wanted to do this with you, to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant. Beautiful lines in there about what I think is is sort of pushing us to, to what are we to celebrate? What are we to become aware of? Because faith has to become incarnate. We have to actually like, like pull it down into real deep meaning, into actual physical things, because that's how we remember it. The incarnation, the blood, and the meaning the wine, and the flesh meaning the, the, the bread, those aren't literal things. He's just saying, look, you, know, you really want to understand this, like, like really allow it into your life. Like this is where you will find me in the flesh and blood, is in sharing. It's just beautiful. This is where you will find me. In fellowship. This is where you will find me. Around a table. With each other. New church says this beautiful piece. Do this in remembrance of me. And what are we to remember? I'm going to have you say the L word there. What are we to remember? Like Daniel Swedenborg said, look, if you ever get confused, just come down to this truth about the Holy Supper. We are to remember the the love that drove him. The love that drove him. Now, a story about that, folks. A story about that. I'm going to move over to this carpet here to just start the story. You think about these people who are starting to hear about the Christian message at first. And we're starting to hear about this, this primary sacrament that they kept on doing called the Lord's Supper, the Holy Supper, also called the Agape Feast, which means a sort of a self-giving love feast. And, and they were gathering. And, and many times, many of these original Christian groups, they would celebrate the Holy Supper every single night with joy. And you think about how different that was than the usual symbols they had for celebrating religion. A table in somebody's house versus temples. Just, just sit, sit with that for a second. Sit with the meaning of that for a second. And there was this church, and it was the church of Corinth. And Paul writes this letter to this church, and it actually makes its way into the Bible. Paul was, was this man who went out after the disciples, after the, after the Lord had died, after Jesus had died. And, and what, the, what he did was he was really trying to spread this faith that at that time was called the way. And they all knew that this idea of the Lord's Supper was really, really somehow critical, pivotal, actually somehow captured what this church was all about. And these people started getting it wrong. It's interesting. When you read through this, it's called the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. It's a church, it's a letter written by Paul to this church. 
And Paul notices some things when he goes to visit them. It's only a church of about 150 people. But they had a wide variety there. And Paul goes in and he's aghast. He's like, oh my goodness. Hit rewind, folks. You're missing it. This is what he says about how they were missing it. I have no praise for you. Your meetings do more harm than good. Ouch. And it goes on to say this. When you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper. You can think Holy Supper, Communion, Eucharist, you eat. Because when you're eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. What was happening? The cool kids were going to a different room. They were starting to divide it. Instead of it being supper, something where they were all together, where they were, where they were all celebrating this in the round, where there were no divisions. Again, Paul goes on later to say, an awe, an awe fell among them because there were no divisions. But this typical human tendency where a table that had been like this started to become like this. Wealthy in one room, poor in another. No doubt the popular kids in one room, the not so popular in another. That's what got him upset. Interesting way to think of the concepts, not a word we use much these days, but interesting way to think of the concept of sin, isn't it? Something a little different, a little different perspective. What Paul is going to do, and you can imagine this, is he's going to remind people about what this can actually be. He's going to remind them about what it means when we come to this and we see it as coming home. As we see it as coming home. When we come back, you're going to hear Bob share a bit about what does that exactly look like? What is that respect What does that look like? We're going to see a video on it, and then we're going to talk about what does it take to keep on coming back to the center, and then we're going to practice it. Good morning, New Church Live. Um, As Chuck said, I'm here to do the a cappella version of Godspell. I think that's a bad idea. Um, When Chuck asked me to uh, speak briefly today, it started with Paul's uh, uh, notes, and I remember having my very typical first reaction of pure anger. How dare he, Paul, wave his finger at us who are gathered at his table? I mean, we're all here. And so I saw it as a very angry condemnation. And then I realized, obviously, it was just an invitation to relook at the story and relook at maybe some of the choices I was making. So in relooking at some of that statements, um, I thought of the opportunity to see the table we sit at, the table I sit at, and how I looked at that. And the other word that came up, uh, we'll bring it up on the screen, is the word respect. Uh, respect is very interesting. It's, it's to, seems somewhat obvious, to look again. And maybe the people we look at, you look at the first time, they may be an enemy, we look at them again, and they become you know, seen differently, become friends. And it uh, changes quite a bit. It's also in contrast to no longer inspecting. And I think that's what I tend to do at that table and those boundaries I draw and I continue to draw where I try and inspect that reason for that person being different. 
And instead, if I could just look again. So today is an opportunity maybe to, to look again. Um, the other thing that Paul's message th- spoke to me about was instead of uh, seeing the crowd and setting up more room for others is to stop looking at the others and start looking at the people that, I, that are at my table. And those at the table for me are things like fear and anger, um, doubt, and regret. I guess regret is one of the things that crowds my table today. And so I'm trying to bring an opportunity to relook at that a little bit differently. And maybe if I can remove those aspects from the table I sit at, maybe there is room for, for another. So the invitation was to start thinking of the table a little bit differently. And I, I again, started at a very selfish place of, yeah, it is my table. Who, who am I going to make room for at my table? And I realized it's, it, maybe it's not even my table. It, it's, it's our table. And, and then realized maybe even it isn't a table that I bring people to or we bring people to, but it's, it's, it's a table that's out there, and we all have to go to it. So I'm trying to start to think a little bit differently about that table, and if I don't see it so much as our own table, and I see it as the table of everyone else, um, it, it makes it a lot easier to, the invitation becomes much easier for, for that. So we'll see in a um, video how that table becomes um, something that we bring out. It's maybe not a table, it's, it's more like a lunch truck that we bring out to others. Um, you'll see the word respect, especially in this next video. And I, I would ask if um, you see it this one time, maybe go back, look at it again later today, because I, I saw two different things uh, the more I watched it. First, it's a, you'll see the story of the officer, a police officer, and how respect and his ability to look at a situation a second time changes it. But I also noticed for uh, what you'll see in, in the heroin addict, um, she had an opportunity to respect and relook at the situation and saw the police officer in a very different light. So a very powerful video and maybe a good opportunity for us to think about our table and how we can reframe it. Heroin and crystal meth control Crystal Champ's life. (laughs) It is um, everything. The strangling grip of addiction has left her homeless on the streets of Albuquerque, New Mexico. I I did give up, you know. I just decided that this was going to be my life. Living in a tent. Welcome to home. In the brush, alongside a highway. I know how bad it is, you know. I'm the first one to know how bad my situation is. Heroin and crystal meth control Crystal Champ's life. (laughs) It is um, everything. The strangling grip of addiction has left her homeless on the streets of Albuquerque, New Mexico. I I did give up, you know. I just decided that this was going to be my life. Living in a tent. Welcome to home. In the brush, alongside a highway. I know how bad it is, you know. I'm the first one to know how bad my situation is. And For Crystal, the thought of a guardian angel walking into her life was unimaginable. But that's what happened when Albuquerque police officer Ryan Holitz found Crystal and her companion Tom Hello, folks. shooting up heroin behind a convenience store in September. Looks like you guys are getting ready to shoot up over here. 
Ryan Holitz, okay. a father of four, wasn't ready for what he noticed next. Are you pregnant? Yeah, it, it's not every day that I see a sight like that. And it just, and it just made me really sad. How far along are you? Oh my gosh. And he goes, and you're, and you're pregnant? Why are you going to be doing that stuff? It's going to ruin your baby. You're, you're going to kill your baby. His words brought Crystal to tears. How dare you judge me? You have no idea how hard this is. You have no idea. And I know what a horrible person I am, and I know what a horrible situation I'm in. In that instant, the moment changed. His entire being changed. He just became a human being instead of a police officer. You know? A crazy, overwhelming idea crept into Ryan's mind. Realizing that she was desperately wanting someone to adopt a baby, I just felt God telling me, tell her that you will do it because you can. <laughs> you can. And so... Three weeks later, Crystal Champ gave birth, and Ryan Holitz and his wife agreed to adopt the baby they named Hope. I've gotten tired of, of uh, seeing so many situations where I want to help but can't. And in that moment, I realized that I had a chance to help. Hope suffered through withdrawals during weeks of medical treatment, but she's gaining weight now and doing well. Her father and me love her, you know, very, very much. And we did not give her up because we didn't want her. But Crystal remains an addict and admits she's in no place to care for a baby. I just want her to be safe and secure and, you know, be in a, a family and be loved and have a chance, you know? I am so thankful and blessed and humbled that we are allowed to have hope in our family. When you think about like what it took for all the stars to align for you two to connect in the back of that no convenience store parking lot, it's just crazy, right? It's like Providence. We'll be there for her, and whatever struggles that she has, we'll be there, and we'll work through it. That's what makes me happy, that we'll be there for her. For Officer Ryan Holitz, it's proof that even in the darkest moments, you never know when love and hope will reveal itself. Ed Lavendera, CNN, Albuquerque, New Mexico. One more place at the table. One more place at the table. I love the line where he feels like, he said, it feels like providence. <laughs> it is. It is. That's how God works. That's the miracle of one more place at the table. That's the miracle that we can live into. That's the miracle of table fellowship. Now, I don't want to leave these poor Corinthians hanging out there as the bad people. It's interesting, Paul went on to try to explain it to him. First off, he says like, oh, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. And obviously you're missing the point. Look at what you're doing with the Holy Supper. And he says, this is what I need you to understand. And I'm asking you to help me to read it so we all can hear it. Many of these lines are very familiar to you. We just don't realize it's not about marriage, it's about community. 
So I'm going to come off the stage. I have four sections to read. If you're interested in being a reader, just raise your hand. I'll pass you the microphone and let you read. And just for the rest of you, just listen to this. Just listen. So I need a reader. Just one, yeah. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Next one. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Thank you. Next one, number three. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as a mirror, as in a mirror, Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Thank you. Last one, and it's only one sentence. Only one sentence. Who's brave enough to do? All right, Abby. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Give those folks a round of applause, please. <laughs> folks, as you, as you hear that, I'm going to be moving around a lot here. As, as you hear that, hear that as an address to community. Hear that as an address of what we are to become. Not as a private salvation project. But as we saw in the video, as we know in our hearts, it's something that we do together. And the work is really good. I'm going to race over here and pick up this glass. It's beautiful work we do together. And remember, folks, I said, I said that C word. Let's say it all again, really loud. What was that C word? 
celebrate. This is something we celebrate. Yes, even times that are really difficult, like we saw that we still celebrate because we're in the game, because we're learning to surrender, to offer ourselves to a much larger pattern than ourselves because our lives, in the end, your life and mine, it's not about us. It's not about us. This is an opportunity, this is a reminder that what we fall in love with is the core, not the boundary. Where we find life is in the core, not the boundary. Where we find God is in the core, not the boundary. And then we come to know these truths that are just inevitable. I am giving my shout out to my buddy Kane, who's watching us down at University of Pennsylvania right now. His son did a beautiful little chalice. The kids are out there making chalices. That's why Bob was preaching so, so I could run out and talk to the kids. This is the way his beautiful son put it. He said, life is good. And then he showed me on his cup. We won't be able to see this, I know. But he said, life is good. And then it goes on to say, in green, eagles. <laughs> Celebrate. 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 Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.